Coming from Mexico, Cyclone is the only non-American disaster movie of the season. In the film, a spot of bad weather leaves a large group of tourists and fishermen stranded at sea. Needless to say, things don't go well. Welcome, everyone. There's a lot of bad weather here. I'm shaking around to simulate wind. Which may or may not happen in the movie we're about to talk about. This is a movie podcast. This is the collector's cut. I am Peter and I am joined as always by David. Daddy, I'm thirsty. That's what you spent like five minutes looking to quote right before we I started. Just, I just wanted to make sure I was getting it right because it, in in the movie, this kid is supposedly like eight years old, but whoever dubbed him sounds like he's 24 <laughs> and it threw me for a loop. Yes, welcome everyone. Uh, we are working through 70s Disaster Season 2. We have been doing movies from the 70s that are, you know, disaster themed with the Tower of Inferno. Uh, we've mm -hmm. done The Swarm. And today we are doing Cyclone from 1978. We'll start spoiler free, of course, as we do. And just before we get started, I'll say if you're enjoying the show on YouTube, please do hit the like button. It helps us out a lot if you do. And you can, of course, support all the content and get some bonus stuff. We do some bonus shows over at patreon.com slash TV. I'll tell you more about those those shows at the end. But Cyclone, as the title would imply, uh, is about a cyclone storm, which mm -hmm. leaves or strands a bunch of people from various uh, parts of the water. We have a plane, there's a sort of tourist boat, and then there's also a fisherman's boat that are all stranded at sea after the storm. And that's what the movie's about. It's about them trying to survive and potentially be rescued. So, mm -hmm. like I said, we'll start spoiler-free, as we always do. We'll get into it. This is a Mexican film. This is one of the lesser-known movies of, of, of the era for this genre. Yeah. But Can't say I really knew about it. I did not either until I went looking, but it had a very disaster movie title. So I was like, yep, mm -hmm. we, we, we got to fit it in. That's all we need. You just say, oh, call the movie Fire, and all of a sudden it's eligible. Yeah. Unless it's a movie about, like, firefighters just tackling regular fires. I don't know if I'd call yeah. that a disaster movie. Depends on how poorly it's made. <laughs> Might just be a disaster all on its own. Alright, so clearly neither of us have ever seen this before, because we've never heard of it. But, uh, I don't think I have anything else to do as an introduction. I'm lost for words. David, what did you think of Cyclone? <sighs> I I was bored. I was really <laughs> bored. Like a really long time. And I I there's oh, can, I, can, I I, can I take a guess here? Was it about one hour and fifty eight minutes? Um no, actually. Oh no. There was a section, and it's a spoiler, so I can't say okay. what happens, but there's a section where all of a sudden it gets completely insane i guess crazy I, I know exactly what pivoting yeah. point you're referring to yes and at that point it brought me back in hard but then it never did anything to keep it again after that it just slowly started dwindling again but for that moment it had me it, i was roped in man but no this movie it's it's the problem i think is with it is that it is literally a movie about time passing it is literally a movie about 
these people are stranded at sea for however many days and it's just watching them slowly deteriorate which i don't have to tell you that watching uh, watching paint dry is used as an expression for a reason like it's not entertaining on our end for that to happen and then all of the quote-unquote action of this movie happens in like the last two minutes so yeah not very entertaining to say the least yeah, I have to concur with the boredom complaints. Although I will say, I you know, Alfred Hitchcock made a movie called Lifeboat, and it was very good. And do you want to know why yeah. it was very good? Because there was compelling characters and allegiances and like plans <laughs> to try and solve their situation. I mean, I'll just say it here: there's a large portion of this movie where I didn't understand why the small lifeboat that had oars on it wasn't being used to try to get back to land, especially yeah. since multiple of the characters were fishermen and at least someone was running this tourist boat i thought surely one of them has a good idea of what direction to go in it's not like it's a nothing but inexperienced people i was gonna say this there's there's no point in this where anyone's like okay the sun has set over there that means it's west and that means that land should be that way like nobody ever thinks of that throughout the entire part of this movie yeah or vice versa i actually don't know which side of uh the land that we're on but yeah (laughs) yeah. i'm it seems like it is Mexico, so I'm assuming that it's out in the Gulf of Mexico, but it could be anywhere. Yeah, yeah. I had no idea. Uh, the movie is in English, uh, and the actors were filmed speaking English, although it's from this era where they were all ADR'd anyway. Yeah. And not always by, clearly, the actor that spoke the words in the first place. So that's something to know going in. I will say the quality of, at least the version I watched on Plex, which was... Mm-hmm horrible it, it was yeah. standard definition low bit rate the sound quality was bad there was no subtitles offered uh, mm. it was almost a relief to get to the ad breaks every so often <laughs> see i had this um i had this on youtube someone did upload the whole thing entirely it does oh. have a slight little watermark on it but honestly with how low quality it was i was like sure why not let's just <laughs> run with it uh i mean i, I should have checked that it, it probably was the same quality to be honest given what i yeah. was looking at i yeah, it's honestly my, my one note on the ads would be that for some reason, whether it's Plex, Pluto, Tubi, I feel like the one thing that unites all these platforms is compared to like traditional TV with ads, is that mm-hmm. I feel like they only ever have maybe five ads to pick from. So you see the same five ads on yeah. rotation about fifty times over the course of one movie. I I feel like that's a problem with just the entire internet age, because obviously if you're running like a TV channel, you know specifically that everyone is seeing the exact same ads you know that like okay here is you know an ad for whatever mattress company they're taking the first slot and then an ad for this toy company they're taking the second slot everyone sees the same thing but i think with internet ads you get those companies that are say like okay you have to put me in front of 400 million eyes you have to run me 400 million times for this amount of money i'm paying and therefore, they just show it to the same people over yep. and over and over again. Yeah, mm. just the rundown for anyone cares. Kit Kat, Nescafe, mm. Boots. Mm. I don't know if you got Boots in the US store, but... Oh, it's a store. I thought it was shoes. No, okay. no, it's like no. a, it's like a chemist that. slash whatever store. Okay. <laughs> and then uh, was the, the Xbox was one, and... Then there was one for Philadelphia uh, cheese, the, the, the creamy like spread okay. cheese. 
Well, based off the first two, those are both owned by Nestle. So oh, we know I Nestle got... sunk some big ads in there. I got a couple. Of... Okay, very good. Very good. Yep. Uh, George Clooney was in the in, in that ad. That was a thing. Oh, huh? there was also a Bailey's ad with, uh, I can't remember her name, but the actress from Ted Lasso, the owner of the club. Uh, okay. She was in that now, ad. Let me ask you this. Uh -huh. Those ads, they were like 15 seconds, 30 seconds each? Uh, it's, uh, they varied, but yeah, I mean, Very. between that. Do you think Do you think in that time period they gave a better performance than anybody in this movie? Oh, yes. Yeah? Yes. I, 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 I was thinking so. I was thinking <laughs> that was probably the case. <laughs> That's... That's the biggest problem I have with this movie, right? And it's got a lot of problems, but the biggest problem mm. I have is that there's very little character in any of the characters. There's very little defining arcs or stories or friendships that are formed or feuds that mm. form. They just kind of... Like, there's some people who are slick. There's one guy who's slightly the rich asshole character, which is fine. It's great to have that character, but they do yep. nothing with him. Nothing's ever mm -hmm. learned. There's never an argument with them, really. He's just kind of there. And that goes for all of the characters. I, I I was feeling it early on, like before the disaster strikes, right? Before the storm comes in and, and we're meant to be in that portion of the movie where we're introducing all the players that we're going to see in peril right. later on. And I felt like they didn't really teach me any of them. I, I got like a few seconds with each of them. They weren't memorable. Uh, one of the big things that happens early on, which and this disappears halfway throughout the movie, but for the first half of the movie... It'll cut back to the mainland and there's like relatives and stuff like wanting to know mm -hmm. what the rescue efforts are for the loved ones who they know are out in a boat or something. And that just disappears yep. halfway throughout the movie, which is its own problem. I've got a theory as to what I think they were trying to do with that. But the big thing for me is that it cut to these people saying, oh, my son's out there. Oh, my daughter's out there. And they'll say a name. And I'm like, I have no idea who you're talking about because I never saw yeah. you interact with... Like, see if they give us a scene at the start where they say goodbye to their loved one before they leave in the boat or mm -hmm. something. I'd be like, okay, there's my connection. I know who he cares about. I know who, I'm, who we're linking together here. But we never get mm -hmm. anything like that. So I, I legitimately don't know who they're talking about. Yeah, no, honestly, those little sections where we go back to land, I just... I zoned out even harder than I did with the rest of the movie, and that's saying something, because I was zoning out a lot. <laughs> but it, it is just because, despite the fact that there are some, I'm going to say emotional performances, but just know that, like, that's that's comparatively when it comes to other performances in this movie. Even though there are some emotional performances, it doesn't matter, because I don't know who they're talking about. There's an entire section where there's two women who both say that they're the wife of this man and they both have children with him. I don't know who the hell they're talking about. I have no idea who on any of these boats this person is supposed to be married to. In fact, one of, one of the women in one of these sections says, oh, my two boys are out there, they're 12, which I thought was a weird line unless they're twins, like they're both the same yeah. age. It's highly unlikely that would be the case. Not impossible, of course. You could have a kid and then nine months later immediately have another kid. <laughs> but... Mm -hmm. um, I was like, but there's no pair of boys anywhere. There's no, there's no pairs. In any and honestly, there was only one that I would even possibly consider being twelve. So yeah, so I, I don't know what they were talking about. I, no. So that's the, I mean, that's the biggest thing wrong with this is that I just none of the characters were written enough or performed enough to actually feel like they had stories or were memorable, which is such a big thing in disaster movies. You have the ensemble mm -hmm. cast, and you have to actually build stories with them and like who one person cares about another and 
who's trying to save who, who. Like, these are all important facets so that when stuff starts going wrong, we start understanding the politics of how the groups are going to form or how decisions are going to be made or fought over or things like mm-hmm. that. Because as much as this is a disaster movie, and it technically is, there is a cyclone, which is either miniatures or stock footage for almost... Honestly, the quality was so bad that it was hard to distinguish between the, the miniatures and the stock footage, which... This, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I guess, good job there. I guess that's the one thing low, 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 low quality is good for is making the effects hard to make out. Wasn't, wasn't that something that we said for, like... I think it was... I think it was actually just earlier this week when we did um, Shin Godzilla. We were praising that one for mm. whether or not we could tell, like, miniatures or special effects. And this movie is just the exact opposite of that, where it's so crap <laughs> that it somehow managed to blend the two together once again. Like, is that a real shark or a fake shark? I actually can't tell because uh, the resolution yeah. so bad. <laughs> Jaws, oh, Steven Spielberg never thought of that with Jaws. He never thought, I'll just make the video quality so bad that no one can yeah. see the shark. Are you telling me I could have shown the shark the whole time <laughs> if I had just put it on a crappier film stock? Oh, jeez. Why didn't I think of that? Genius. Absolute genius. Oh, dear. So, yeah, not very good. And also, yes, we did uh, Shin Godzilla over on our science fiction movie podcast, The Atomic Cinema Experiment. Go check it out mm-hmm. on the same YouTube channel or find it on your podcast app of choice. Anyway, since you mentioned Good that, plug. I, I had to yeah, plug. I had to plug. Got to plug yeah. those plugs. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think if there's literally anything else I want to talk about before I just start talking about spoilers because there's like there's almost nothing to talk about in this movie. All right, well, 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 real quick, running down the character list here. Not that there's that many that are that interesting. In fact, oh, I would say the cast probably consists of what would you say, like twelve people. 18 people somewhere around there as like the main cast it, all in yeah, this boat 18-ish because the, the the tourist boat which is kind of the main set and starts mm-hmm. off with maybe about a dozen and then the people from the plane and the people from the fisherman's boat who survive get added to that that group so yeah. so like 18 people and looking at the imdb here there's maybe seven that have names so already that tells you the kind of quality when we're getting to characters here because it's not like any of them are just out and out background characters all of them do interact. They're just not given anything to do. But the one that I really want to point out here, actually, there's two. Um, first one is the main, like, top build guy, which is Arthur Kennedy. He apparently was the only person, as this says, that was dubbed by a completely different person. And I didn't notice it so much for him. I think there are other people who had much worse dubbing, but I think that might just be that the obviously they tried bringing back the actors to do the dubbing for themselves i think there are certain people who just don't know how to do dubbing properly as possible and it just didn't come out because there were several times that i noticed mouths moving and they were at a different rate it felt to me like people were using the dubbing in order to like fix mistakes that they gave in their performances or if they yeah. like stuttered or something as worth mentioning though you could always tell they were saying the same lines it just wasn't always mm-hmm. syncing up correctly yeah Exactly. And I mean, I've, I've done dubbing for a short film. I know how strong the urge is whenever you say something like, oh, that that delivery was poor. I should say it in a different way. Like you want to fix your performance, but you have to resist that urge because it's just not going to match. It never will. Yeah. Yeah. Um 
I got nothing, David. What would you? Right, well, I'll, I'll go to the second guy that I want to bring up, which is uh, Lionel Stander. He is, as you called him, the rich asshole. Yes. yes. Um, first off, I love how comically, like, they just immediately set him up being like, "Well, yes, I'm the one who charted this flight, and I'm I'm running this company, and my my guys want to form a union." Patooey on that. <laughs> Screw their unions. That's I'm like, literally wow. his introduction: is that I'm out here to stop the fishermen from forming a union. I give right. them places to work and schools for their children. Yeah. They owe me everything. The little shits. That's that's. And then, yeah, and then the other guy he's talking to is just like, I mean, I'm just a doctor. I don't know anything about that. And he just tries to get back to his own thing. But the only reason I want to bring him up, because he does nothing in this movie, is that he was in another 70s disaster. He was the train conductor in Cassandra Crossing. Oh, I was so much better. <laughs> it's not mm -hmm. even funny how much better that movie was compared to this. Yep. But I just, I clicked on him and I was like, wait a minute. I've recognized this filmography. I've seen this before. Even, and I went back and looked. Even this one, even this, like... Uh, arguably a foreign movie kind of even though it was very mm -hmm. clearly made for english-speaking audiences it's yeah. even this one had a connection in the cast to another one of the movies that's just I'm funny i'm telling you man in the 70s if you were in a disaster movie you could just walk down the street and be in any other disaster movie it's <laughs> the way it seems um the final last little thing before we do any sort of spoilers is this is just a trivia which is Apparently there is an Italian version DVD, which I assume just has a completely different dub, but it also has a different cut, which runs only 97 minutes compared to this movie's just short of two hours. That sounds nice. I'm going to lie. God, I want that cut, man. I want to see it. Uh, well, no, I don't want to see it in addition to this, but I wish I could have oh, seen yeah, that no. instead of this. <laughs> Absolutely. You just see which parts they cut out. Or, or, yeah, you, you're not even aware of which parts they cut out. It'd be glorious. You don't have to watch them just sitting there as the boat is rocking for five minutes. Hey, hey, you say that, but I've got a, a really bad feeling that that stuff is left in, and the only God. parts that might be interesting are the ones that are cut out for violence reasons. They, they just cut out the entirety of the mainland stuff. Oh, I could have done that, We're yeah. just stuck on the boat the whole time, just being like, well, you're never going to be rescued. Suck it up. That also sounds horrible. My my theory, by the way, as to what they were trying to do with like all that mainland stuff just disappearing half because the first half of the movie it's cutting backwards and forwards at a regular pace, mm -hmm. and the second half of the movie is completely gone and we're just with the people on the boat. And I think what they were doing is that basically there's a point where it's like okay, it's been almost three days. This is where the searches get called off because we start to not believe that anyone will have survived. Now that seems a bit quick to be honest, but that's what they say in the yeah. movie. And I think the idea was is that because the mainland, other than the loved ones, have given up on them, is that the, uh, from the movie perspective as well, we're not going to show the mainland anymore. We're going to make them feel on their own. So therefore, we're never going to see anyone else again. I think that's what they were trying to do. Yeah, I can, I can see that. I can see that decision being made. I can see throughout this movie a bunch of decisions are being made in order to do certain emotional things. I just don't think any of them really work. I don't think any of them work the way that they wanted them to. I think it comes back to what the main complaint is. I think if you cared about the characters and they had more mm. of a story, I think it would matter. And I think you would make a more of a prominent cut as well. I don't think there's a I don't think there's a, a good moment where someone just definitively says, I'm sorry, but the searches are called off, then smash cut to the boat and then never leave them again. If they'd done that, plus we cared about some of the characters, I think that choice might have been effective. But yeah. as it is it just it's kind of it's kind of wishy-washy as to like when it when it does this thing so it's yeah um, 
yeah. Alright, spoilers for anyone who cares, and you probably don't, but it is easy yeah. to watch. It's free to go find. I, I, should, I shouldn't say easy to watch, sorry. It's not easy to watch. I, I was miserable getting through this. It's easy to start, and it's <laughs> yes. easy to shut off. Oh, it's very easy to shut off. Uh, I, I got very good at going for a piss during those uh, two minute and a half ad breaks mm. that were happening every ten minutes, give or take. I, I started this movie probably about like three and a half hours before we were set to record. Mm. And mine didn't come with ad breaks, but mine did come with me just pausing it, being like, I can't be bothered to care <sighs> yeah. at the moment. The, the, honestly, the frustrating thing for me is that it was like, okay, the movie's two hours long, but there's going to be ads. I have to kind of account for that in my time. So I was mm. like, I'll start the movie 40 minutes earlier, right? And yeah. I only finished the movie about five minutes before our start time. So it was, it was very close. Jeez. It was very, very close. You had a lot of ads then. Well, it was that, but there was also one time where the ads crashed, and it was just on a black screen, with the countdown till it get back to the movie had paused, and I was like, okay, I didn't want to do it, I was like, okay, I don't want to mess this up, so I'll, I'll leave it for a minute. Eventually, mm. luckily, just going back and then clicking resume just took me straight back into the right. movie, and it didn't mess with anything, but I was worried that it was going to, like, lose my place, and I was going to have to... <laughs> <laughs> like find where it was you'd have to remember what in the hell was going on and somehow get back to it so anyway spoilers for cyclone you have been warned <sighs> so right at the start of the movie there's a rich woman on the tourist boat with her little dog <laughs> come on it's the only thing worth talking about <laughs> it is honestly you're right but like just because I know where that story goes now. Well, this is the thing. As soon as it started, I'm like... Because I didn't realize that this movie was just going to be a Stranded at Sea movie, necessarily. I thought it was going to be more, <laughs> I don't know, action-packed, where it's like, okay, they're trapped for, like, a day, but there's sharks and shit, so it's this, like, tension to get to them before they get eaten or something. Yeah, all right. So if we're just talking about, like, the full spoilers now, uh -huh. my experience was I thought, A, okay, this is called... Cyclone. It's going to be a movie all about this storm. It's going to be a thing where, like, they have to batten down the hatches and have to manage to survive, and we're going to be seeing all that stuff. And then the storm's done after, like, 30 minutes. It's just storm has come, storm has passed, we don't have to deal with it anymore. F that. So then, so then we immediately start showing this shark underwater. And it, it, it's got a real funky beat to it. I want to make that clear. Every time they show this shark, it feels like I'm watching a 1980s, like, business video trying to sell me a timeshare. <laughs> but then they show the shark, and I think, oh, okay, it's a shark movie. It's, it's, there's, there's, you know, these things in the water, and we see there's a bunch of people who are stranded without a boat to begin with. I'm like, oh, they're going to be, like, the primary focus or something. No. No, the sharks just go away after a while. We do get a little interaction, but they're mostly gone. And then the movie, for a solid, like, hour and a half, becomes... How do you deal when you're just adrift at sea? How do you ration water? How do you decide who gets, like, the fish and stuff? And I'm like, oh, I'm bored out of my goddamn mind. What's so great about it is that after the storm and it's the next day and the, things have calmed down, they've still got a cooler with bottles of Coke in it. So, mm -hmm. like, they, they're literally, there's a lot of product places that are just, like, swigging bottles of Coke. And then even once the Coke runs out and they're trying to find water, they're using the empty glass bottles of Coke as their, as their containers. They're, they're, they're drinking yeah. the water out of them. And I thought, like, are Coke happy with this product placement or do they hate it? I can't tell because on the one hand, their bottles are saving lives. 
Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I can't think of anything that's negative in there. Yeah. So yeah, I think I think Coke's more than happy to be the yeah, savior well, I don't know. of After these what people. After what happens to the dog and where the, the story goes, they may have some issues. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So that's this woman's got her dog. And I was thinking, oh, this could get hairy if they'll if, if 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 this is a stranded for a long time style movie. Mm-hmm. I feel like they're going to start to resent her giving anything to the dog, and then I was like, oh god, something bad's going to happen to the dog. Dude, they start tossing the dog around before they even get stranded. Like the dog's just underneath one of the captain's feet, and he's like, "Get out of here, you damn mutt!" And he like throws <laughs> it over to the side. And honestly, and I hate to, here's like. There's a safety net to a movie that comes out of Hollywood where you know there's certain there's certain lines, especially in certain time periods, that they're never going mm-hmm. to cross. Yes. But I knew this wasn't made in Hollywood. <laughs> so I was a little bit yeah. worried about how far it might go. And it does go far. Luckily, when it does happen, the blood is so fake that it, it comforts you a bit. But... Yeah. But it, I mean, okay... Should we just talk about the scene, like okay, so explicitly here? So there's there's some debating about the, the water for a bit, and then mm-hmm. the woman's like, "Hey, no, my dog, like she needs dogs called Christmas." I don't remember any other character's name, but I remember the dogs called Christmas. Yeah, dogs called Christmas, and that is the only character name that's said more than like two times in this movie. So it fully sticks. So she's like, "I, I the dog deserves to live too," and the guy, I guess he's the captain of the tourist boat, is like, "Like." Mm. We can't allocate stuff to the dog, but if you want to share your rationed water with the dog, that is up to you. No, what like, we can't argue against that, and yep. she does. But then she also try, goes a bit scummier with it. She tries to go to one of the is it the younger guy, right? And she tries to yeah. offer him money for his ration of water so she could give the water to to his dog. And it it does feel really seedy because she's like, "Here's a thousand dollars," and he's like, "What good does that do me out here? We're all dying." <laughs> Well, no, she said, Here, I'll give you $100. And he's like, okay, but money is worthless to me because yeah, I'm true. willing to die. And then she's like, she whispers in his ear, which I thought she was offering him sex because he's I. like yeah. a teenage boy. I thought that maybe that was the option here. But in the end, she then just reaches into her bra and says, here's the $1,000. And she just takes the bottle from him and goes back down. And he's just like, well, I guess that happened. It's funny as well because the... Uh... The top of the boat like feels like it's kind of like obviously you could hear what's going on up there, but it feels like it's almost kind of private by sitting on the roof. But then yeah. you realize that the back of the boat, the, the 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 roof doesn't go all the way that far back. So the guy at the back's just looking up and he sees all this. Like it's not. Yeah. So I was thinking when she was when I thought she was offering him sex, I thought this isn't this is going to be a really weird experience. Like everyone downstairs, including some children, are going to be hearing you too. <laughs> uh oh our ship is being attacked by birds rhythmically over and over and over again why is that woman screaming mom oh she's, she's just... being attacked by the birds <laughs> yes don't look why is she saying please don't stop uh just she's weird okay she's just weird yeah just, don't, don't, don't question it anyway so she gets back down and she like feeds this little bit of water to her dog right yes. and the, the it's the captain of the not the, the tourist boat, it's the captain of the fisherman's boat, right? Yeah. Who, because mm-hmm. the fisherman, there's like four of them, I think, who come on aboard this little touristy boat, and he sees this bargaining for the water to give to the dog, and he just snaps, he walks up, and I thought he was going to take the, the cup of water away. He grabs mm-hmm. the dog and just throws the dog overboard into the water, and I thought, man, that feels quite vicious. This, this feels un... I don't like watching this dog struggle in the water. I'm sure, I mean, I'm sure yeah. they were relatively safe but 
Oh yeah, no, it... I'm sure the dog was fine, but like it, they do like the full dubbing of like the dog like yelping for help yeah. and everything. It wasn't a just silent thing. So another guy from the fisherman's boat, the sort of the fatter guy, he jumps mm-hmm. in to get the dog, and I thought, oh, they're going to build a bit of character up here. He's like this more heroic guy who doesn't yeah. like that the captain just did that. He's go- he's going to co- he's going to c- conflict with his captain. He's going to have a, a mm-hmm. you know a rivalry with him now, perhaps over this decision. And then yeah. he gets on the boat, he throws the dog back in the boat, he comes up, and then he grabs the dog, he lifts him up, and there's some muttering. Again, the, the audio quality was really bad. Well, I, I, I oh. had on captions, actually. So the captain basically turns to him, and he says, why did you save that mutt? And then the guy takes him, and he picks up the dog again, and he says, it's food. And then he holds the knife to the dog's throat, smash cut, to the pelt of the dog onto the floor of this ship and a whole bunch of meat just spread whoa, out. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wasn't that smart? Like, you see the, the throat get slapped. You see blood pouring out. I didn't get that in my version. Oh, you had an idea. I, I got a way more violent version of that. Ooh. He, he, he picks up the dog by the back of the neck. He holds the knife up to the dog's neck. It does a, a cut away to like, the reaction of the woman who's crying and saying no or whatever. And it cuts back and now he's holding a prop dog. And he slits the throat, and there's tons of blood just pouring from uh, the dog. Yeah, I didn't get that scene yeah. at all. Yeah, and then it cuts to the 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 pelt. See, <laughs> see, but that's why that's why I was laughing so much because it's so incredibly fast in my version. Yeah, that's like sounds... oh, he saved the dog, and then like within ten seconds, the dog is dead, skinned, and being cooked. Honestly, that smash cut right at that moment sounds like a funny cut. That actually sounds yeah. funnier than what I got. What I got was actually very distressing. Okay, that is, I hope that people understand I'm not a psychopath like that. Like, my version was just totally different here. The, the children were crying, and they're like, oh, we can use this for, for bait. And they, they eat some of yeah. it, but they, they, they put some on a, a fishing rod for bait, which does yeah. get some fish. So I can't argue in the end that it did actually help feed them all, you know, in a mm-hmm. way. But of course, this is only halfway through the movie, give or take. This is... This is- Honest to God, if you don't count the water as a problem because the water is just consistently a thing they have to deal with, this is like the first real like crisis that the group comes up against mm. in the whole movie. Like the water is just consistently a thing and whether or not they should let on the people from the fishermen's yeah. little rowboat. But this is the first thing where it's, okay, we have to make the active choice here of sacrificing this dog for our own benefit. But I just want to make it clear, though, they have been bickering about that water for 30 minutes straight by this point. I don't want yes. you to gloss over that like it's not not a thing. Like, we have to sit and suffer that conversation repeatedly. And we have to see them passing around the bottle of water, and we have to see each of them just wanting to take just one more sip, but they have to keep it going. It's just the same thing over... Oh, there's Okay, this is the thing that keeps coming up over and over and over again, <laughs> so I may as well just mention it here. Mm-hmm. Did you notice... The repetition of lines that, like, everyone had. I first noticed it when they were talking about rationing the water. The captain steps up and he's like, all right, everybody, we're out of water, almost, so we're going to have to ration it. And someone steps up and they're like, what do you mean? And then he goes back like, we're going to have to ration it. (laughs) The exact same cadence. And that happens, like, seven times throughout this movie where someone says a line of, like, I'm afraid we can't do anything more. But my kids are out there. Well, I'm afraid we can't do anything more. Did you notice this? Uh, I guess I did a little bit. I, to be honest, at a certain point, I was sort of just my my eyes and ears were glazing over yeah. and just sort of taking in the relevant information. And because 
because eventually the, the shark pops up briefly, and it may not be quite yet, but the shark pops up mm. briefly. I think it's when they use the second bait. We'll talk about how to get the second bait later, but the bait from the dog is successful. Mm. They get some fish. Everyone eats a little bit. Happy days, right? Yep. Um, but the second time they get bait, they actually attract the shark, and we get the exact same music again as the shark comes up. And then you don't see the shark again until the end of the movie when he's brought his entire family with him to yeah. be a, you know, a school of sharks coming after everyone who's now in the war. But we'll get to all that. I just I want mm-hmm. to point out how like much of a gap there is between the first time a shark is witnessed and then the second time it happens in the movie. It's like at least an hour. It's oh, yeah. absurdly no, this long. Is, this movie, the only thing that gives it any sort of passage of time that makes sense is that they do the little like tally marks on the side of the boat mm-hmm. and they say like oh here's how many days passed but even before that like the first time that we get a guy carving tallies in he's got three tally marks and there's like well we've been out here for three days there was no passage of time to show three days what's funny at all what's funny is that i got two days and i thought it was being rushed because because like, you know everything's kind of calm the morning after the storm and they've still got some coke left and they've got whatever mm. um and then i noticed later on there was like a sort of sunrise scene and i went wait a minute are we on like another day already like did we just skip over that entire day after the storm and it and then all of a sudden you said it's been three days and i'm like oh we skipped over two days oh no, never mind yeah. that okay exactly right. fair enough um yeah so a little bit later so because mm-hmm. a couple of the passengers are injured right and one yep. of them dies, and the, like they're all sort of looking around, and some of the fishermen are like, "Look, hey, we should cut out a bit of his flesh because we can use it as bait. It can help us get fish." Because mm-hmm. and they're like, "Oh, that's sacrilege!" You know, I think the 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 the, the priest is like, "Ah, eh, that's, 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 that's a bit bad." Not a fan. Yeah. God doesn't like that. But they kind of ultimately decide, okay, it's maybe the right thing to do. They, they throw the rest of his body away, but they keep some flesh for bait, and this is what mm-hmm. attracts the shark. So they don't actually get any food out of it. And then another guy dies, and it's someone who's in a pair of characters. It's just these two guys that have been traveling together. Yeah. And to, like, I would say old teens, young 20s, like yeah, they're bros. They're, they're sort of backpacking around the world, doing adventurous stuff together, whatever, I don't know. But mm-hmm. Mustache Man, I'll call him, the one who's, who's alive still. He yeah. says, look, me and my friend have been traveling, we've been in a lot of dangerous situations, and we've talked about what happens in certain scenarios. And he and I both agreed that if one of us was, like, trying to survive and the other was dead, that we'd be okay with the other eating the, the dead body, the corpse. Yeah. And mm-hmm. all of a sudden, and at this point, everyone's been hungry for a couple of days, so everyone's looking around and like, eh, I don't know. And this was almost an interesting conversation because it's like, okay, the the raw facts of it are, we're all starving, he's dead, we're just going to dump him in the water anyway. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I think the first thing I thought was, yeah, but why can't you just like keep a bit more of his flesh for more bait so you can get, you know, multiple fish out of it, apparently? Yeah. That was, that was point number one. But point number two for me was... I actually did kind of like the argument that one of them said is like, look, if we do this once, we're going to start to think it's normal and acceptable and we're going to mm-hmm. be maybe more ready to like either like jump on someone as soon as they die or even start hoping someone dies or hell, we might even get to the point where some of the, the really bad people here will want to kill other people to eat them. Mm-hmm. And like, okay, okay, like, that, yeah, the slippery slope. That is a, yeah. a valid argument. 
but yeah, they cut him up and they, 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 they sort of put all these bits of flesh on top of the roof as if it's a buffet and they all just yeah. go up and get a bit when they want one. I mean, that's... You describing it there, it, it sounds... Not the buffet part, but like the discussion part. Yeah. It sounds like it's a good concept. And in concept, I guess it is a good idea of this idea of, okay, when you when you put people up against the wall you say life or death you have to do this and it, they actually have to make that choice i think there's a good idea there but the problem comes from the discussion afterwards because obviously you have the priest who we've been established with at this point is you know man of god he's he's been the one who's always on the quote-unquote righteous side he's all against it he's like no 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 god will not forgive that that's too much but then you have like the fisherman who's like well i mean maybe but then every other character who chimes in has an opinion, but it doesn't feel like it's building off a consistent character because I don't know who the hell these people are. I don't know why I should care one way or the other as to like, oh, should this person like, is it strange that this person is saying that they go along with it? There's one guy who raises his hand and says, I object. It's not all right. We can't be doing that. I'm like, who the hell are you? Have you even been on this boat the whole time? I swear to God, I don't even recognize you. <laughs> Yeah, I, I agree. I think conceptually, I can see the good version of this scene, which is well mm. written with and with actors who are given that they're all and really try to convince each other, almost like a Twelve Angry Men style scene of yeah. discussing cannibalism and and a survival situation and whether or not it's okay if they should do this. Like I can see a great version of that scene, but mm-hmm. like you say, we don't know these characters not well enough, and certainly the the writing here isn't compelling. The way they're arguing their points. Some of the the, yeah. the the raw ideas are fine because I you know I brought one of them up and I'm like yeah that's a, that's a solid argument that's a solid reason why not to do this even if you think this is the only way we should be able to eat um, again mm. through all of this I'm thinking why is no one taking the smaller robot and actually try to get to land it feels yeah. like you shouldn't like but at this point it's been several days surely someone could have gotten to the coast and like asked for help at this point mm-hmm. uh, they eventually do this by the way I've just not thought about it yet. Um, well, no, there's, there's one, the fisherman's literally like, well, I had a different plan because they're talking about setting the boat on fire to catch a plane's attention. And that's when the fisherman says, like, well, I had a different idea. Maybe we could use it as a boat. And I'm like, oh, I wouldn't have thought of that one, Mr. Fisherman. Good job. It is absurd. At that, this point in the movie, they've already turned to cannibalism before he says, maybe we should use the boat as a boat to go and find help. Look, a lot has happened in those, like, two weeks. Because that is, by the end of this, it is at least two weeks have yeah. passed. And all I could think was, shouldn't, wouldn't that have been this, the best idea? Like, right after the storm, when you're not starving yet, when you've still got strength mm-hmm. and energy to row the boat at a reasonable speed, maybe that would have been the time to, like, go for help. <laughs> you no. think so. But, but no. no, yeah, I, that part of it's baffling to me. So, there's an interesting, I thought there was going to be an interesting scene, I suppose I should say where okay. uh, a woman then dies and her husband uh, like and there's like a brief moment where we hear them talking to each other but she dies and everyone's sort of sitting quietly and the husband says i promised her that no one would touch her and i thought mm-hmm. someone was going to fight him i thought someone was going to try and like take his dead wife so they could consume her yeah and they don't which i, I guess is fine like I, i'm not actually saying that that's a bad choice necessarily Maybe just the the idea that they're all sitting there thinking this is a waste, or at least some of them are. But mm-hmm. he does just walk up to the edge of the, the boat and he just he, he tips her into the water, and it's a really sad scene. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, in theory, anyways, it's a sad scene. <laughs> Can, uh, quick question. Yeah. 
I'm just going to throw this out. They explicitly say that all the dead bodies, up until they consider cannibalism, have to be disposed of by pushing them over the edge of the boat. It's like, mm -hmm. oh, we can't keep them on here. We got to get rid of them. Why? I feel like, and maybe this is wrong for some reason, but I feel like a better option would be put them up on the top deck, attract some scavenging birds, and then eat the birds. <laughs> I mean... That's uh, some galaxy brain stuff there. Uh, I would assume it's more to do with dead bodies and disease and possible right, things like probably. that. Right, probably. That'd be my guess. Uh, yeah. No expert, it just, certainly. But. It just seems to me like every single choice they make is just wrong in a <laughs> lot of ways. There's, yeah, there's a lot, of, a lot of things. So eventually they, they decide, okay, we're going to use the small robot that's still tied to this main boat and we're going mm. to take the the fishermen, a couple of them. They're going to take. Oh, actually, there's a pregnant woman on the <laughs> on the tourist Oh, that's spot. right. This is a whole thing that just stops the movie so that we can have a good thing happen for there's, a moment. They do mention it early on she's pregnant, right? And I'm like, okay, that's mm. going to be something we have to deal with. And sure enough, it's after all this other stuff we've mentioned. After the death of the woman, this this pregnant woman goes into labor. So we get mm. a baby delivery scene. And yep. there's a weird moment after it, and they were going for this thing where it's bringing everyone hope, but it actually made me feel really tense because they're passing the baby around to everyone, and we've already established that they're willing to kill a dog, that they've turned yeah. to cannibalism. So when it got to the guy that killed the dog, the sort of bigger fisherman, when, mm -hmm. when they handed him the baby, I was genuinely worried about what this guy was going to do. Now, he actually just smiled and made faces at it and then handed it over, mm -hmm. but for a minute, I was like, oh God, he's going to eat the baby yeah well see that even got me with a totally like shortly after that it goes to this other guy i can't remember who it was but i think it was just like an awkwardness in the cut where the actor's holding on to it and another guy like puts out his hands and he says hey let let, let me hold him let me see him and the guy doesn't the guy like looks like he's passing him over to some other guy <laughs> off screen but he like holds on to the baby and then the actor's like let me see him again one of those repeated lines and then the actor passes it over. But for that moment there, I was like, are they, are they going to have him do something? This random ass guy who like, I've never even seen before is just going to do something to this baby. Yeah. So yeah, there's the, 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 well, this is not pregnant anymore. The, the mother and father mm. and the, the baby go on the small boat with the, the, the fisherman and they yep. go rowing. They make like a sort of makeshift sail uh, out of some fabric. And I thought again, why wasn't this like plan number one? <laughs> That should have been day one. Yeah. <laughs> day no, one. You're right. <laughs> Especially, I mean, there's a point in this movie where they've completely run out of water. It's been like a day or two. And then it rains. And so they're able to refill all of their bottles with the rainwater. Yeah, I think this is... This is like after some stuff, but it's pre-cannibalism, I think. Maybe. I don't yeah. know. It's somewhere around there. It's definitely after eating the dog, because I yeah. remember that the... I remember thinking but, that that woman would ask for a thousand dollars back, being like, "Um, there's more water. Can I please?" But they all they all do their Andrew Dufresne in the rain. They're all like, "Oh yep. yes, the rain cleanse me," and they're holding up the containers and stuff in the ice box to try and catch all the water. Mm -hmm. And we see later on that they've actually filled all the Coke bottles they've got lying around with yep. water. Which but see, that's that's the part where I thought, like, up until that moment. If there was no water left on the boat, there was no way to catch fish. Like they hadn't considered yet. Like they've run out of bait from the dog. There's no reason to have them stick around on the boat. I could accept 
that up until that point there were reasons to stick around like oh it's the only place where we could get like more fish and it's the only place where there was drinkable water but that's all dried up that's all gone this guy should have bailed at least yeah. after that point and obviously just we never actually mentioned this but the tourist spot only works with the engine and the engine's dead that's why they're not selling that anywhere they- <laughs> the, the, the dude on this tourist boat makes the claim, and it might be true, but he makes the claim during the cyclone that he has to keep the engine running even while they're anchored or else something. Some, like, so like Maybe it'll capsize. Maybe something else will happen. But he has to keep this engine going full tilt for the entirety of this hurricane that's coming down on them. Yeah, I think I heard that was the blobs of pixels were moving around. Uh, on yeah. the screen because during the storm stuff it just looked like a mess i could barely oh, think no, it, it was awful yeah uh so what, what even makes it more silly though is that when they do this plan and they take out the sailboat with a few people on it to go try and find help mm-hmm. it works in a matter of hours they find yeah. a ship who take them aboard. We actually see a quick scene of the fishermen and the couple with the baby in like a cabin you know, with some brandy or something, just having the time of their lives. And like, yeah, yep. we've, we've informed the coast uh, of your of your other stranded friends. They're, they're going to be rescued. Of course, for a bit of tension, randomly, the main boat, the whole movie's been set on, starts sinking. And I don't... No, no, no. Do, do you remember what causes this? Because no, it's I by do. far the stupidest decision. Look... I do remember what starts it. I don't understand mm. why it started it, but I'll explain what I saw. You can fill in some blanks here if, I'm, if okay. I've, I've missed anything. But for some reason, mm-hmm. the rich asshole character, when everyone's kind of mm-hmm. dozed off, they're all asleep, he goes to the cooler and gets a, a, a bottle of water, right? Uh, that they're filled mm-hmm. up. The, the empty bottle of Coke, they're all filled with water. He takes one out. Fine, there seems to be a lot. I think they're not rationing it as strictly as they once were because they've got a supply here. Yep. And then for some reason, he goes for a second one as if he wants to hide one for later, like he's taking more than his fair share. Someone mm-hmm. else wakes up, catches him, and starts yelling, and picks up the cooler full of all these bottles of water, which do not have caps on them, do not have tops or anything to stop the water spilling no. out. So roughly, roughly shaking this thing around and trying to grab it from each other is just going to waste water because you're going to spill it, right? So that's yeah. that's number one. Mm-hmm. And they're fighting over it, and we've not even mentioned this, but th- this boat was designed so that whoever's on it could see the the sea life underneath, right? So there's like a sort of, yeah. there's a middle portion that's like a... a Glass bottom. Yeah, right. But for whatever reason, it's not covered right now. It's, uh... It, <laughs> it's... <laughs> so they drop the cooler full of these bottles of water into this opening, and I guess it smashed the the glass bottom? Uh, this yeah, middle so part? It, it's it's there's the glass bottom there and as they drop the cooler it just smashes right through the glass and the boat essentially now has a giant hole in it and they start uh-huh. sinking so i just i kind of love this scene in a, a way that i love like when we watch extra reels movies because <laughs> it's so completely out of nowhere like yes these people are thirsty whatever we've established that but we haven't established like the fact that these people are trying to steal water over and over again and that this guy is so possessive over it and we haven't revisited the fact that this boat has a glass bottom since literally the opening credits and i think the bigger thing for me though is that there's no this feels so weird and makes no sense because the water problem was basically solved 
So mm-hmm. him stealing some and someone getting really uptight about it feels weird here. If they'd done this before the rain, when it was really low, and this would have been like really mm-hmm. evil what he was doing to try and get his more than his fair share when everyone's got so little to work with, it would, yeah. I would have understood the anger. I would have understood the rage that led to this like tug of war. But in the scene itself that we get, it's like, we've barely mentioned water in like half an hour by this point. It seems like it's been a non-issue. So There's at least like 15 bottles in that cooler, and it's implied that all of them are full. Yeah. So, yeah. It, 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 is, it does seem like a non-issue at this point, and it doesn't make any sense that this would be the thing that triggers the final, like, five minutes of action in this movie. Yeah, because we see the others on the sailboat have been, or the lifeboat, I should say, have been picked mm-hmm. up, and there's help on the way, but then we cut back to the main group on the tourist boat, and the boat's sinking, so they've all jumped out of the water, and of course, the sharks, <laughs> not just one shark, like, seven sharks, are all... Up, up. I, I looked it up. Apparently, a group of sharks is called a shiver. Oh, not a school? Is a school just the regular fish thing? Yep, because okay. sharks aren't fish. Totally different. Sharks are fish. I mean, maybe they are, but they get a special <laughs> term. Shiver. I was like, well, if they're not fish and they're not mammals, because they're definitely not mammals, then... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they're fish. And they're not lizards. <laughs> they are, are man. Fish. The final form of man. <laughs> yes. Anyway, so we get just some crappy shots, and this is this is how bad this is: is that half of the people on the tourist boat get killed by sharks, but I yes. don't know which ones died because you can't really tell. It all happens so quick, and anytime mm-hmm. someone gets grabbed by a shark, and this happened early on in the movie as well, when the the one survivor from the plane got eaten by a shark. Yeah, there's a guy whose legs were bleeding, and then yeah. it attracted a shark, and he just got dragged down. But the shark didn't attack anybody else. But you can tell, like, they've got a way that are doing this effect of the shark carrying away a body, where there's clearly not a body, but they've given the shark something to bite, which is, like, leaking all this fake blood. So mm-hmm. it just looks like he's, it looks like the shark's just carrying some, like, human clothes in its mouth, and there's just blood, like, pumping from somewhere. So yeah. that seems to be how they've done this, and we see that a bunch of times here in the end. And then some planes come in, some rescue planes, and mm. about maybe half of the people in the tourist boat make it off. But I legitimately don't know which characters actually survived. I assume the rich asshole died because it just makes sense that he did because he's awful. Yeah, I definitely caught him dying, and I think um, the fisherman died too, okay. if I'm correct. I think it's pretty much anybody who made like a negative choice that resulted in something bad happening so like the ones who were responsible for the dog dying they died the rich asshole died but like i i really want to point out to the audience here like this is not something that unlike every other scene in this movie it stretches out way long like way longer than it should be like this is hyper condensed happening as quick as you can possibly imagine it as you see these planes touching down and people hurriedly climbing in. Yeah. Like, it is at most a three-minute-long scene. And you don't even get a shot of whoever's got on the plane sitting in the plane looking relieved that they finally get out of this this madness. Instead, nah. the planes take off and you just get a shot of water and the credits start rolling. And that's it. Like, the movie's over. You don't even get a chance to see who made it out. I'm sorry. Did I want to see if this is another difference in okay. the cuts here. Did you get ending credits? Yeah. <laughs> yes. I, I literally got planes flying away, black screen, the end, end, and it just cut. No, it cut and to I a, thought that was hilarious. It cut to a shot of like a life vest floating in the water, and the credits started playing over that, and then eventually it freeze-framed, and then the rest of them scrolled up. 
nope, I wasn't getting any of that. Yeah. That was that was all. Although I do I do want to point out here. Remember how I said at the beginning that this shark has a funky beat and yes. it accompanies it all the time? It doesn't stop. We're in this final scene where, you know, high tension, people are dying. Will they be rescued before the sharks come and devour them all? And this funky beat is just going and going and going, and it never lets up for even a minute throughout this entire final sequence. Yeah, it... And obviously, we glossed over a lot of the first... Because the, the start of the movie, just to go back for a bit... Yeah. The start of the movie, like, you see a quick scene on the tourist boat that establishes... I mean, actually... The only introduction I remember from the start of the movie, other than the dog with the, the rich woman mm-hmm. uh, and the priest talking to them, is that there was a young couple who, like, because the, the, the pregnant woman is talking to this other woman and she's like, oh, yeah, my boyfriend, like, you know, we want to, like, travel and stuff now, but maybe, maybe after all that. And she's like, oh, you're young, mm-hmm. you get plenty of time. I feel like I don't remember that young couple, like, factoring into anything for the rest of the movie. I think I remember the boyfriend or husband being, like, kind of a prick sometimes but no yeah, i don't think the like, girl did anything i thought they were going to be a bigger part because it was one of the few characters that kind of stuck out as, as, as having an introduction at the start um mm-hmm. when it cut to the fisherman boat to like introduce them because the weather was already getting bad i couldn't hear a word they were saying they were yelling as like you know, oh yeah no like that, that was and, completely gone yeah i was i was actually listening to this through my speakers as i do with most movies and most movies can handle that but yeah. as soon as that scene started, I had to put on the headphones and pump it up a little bit to try to pick out anything they were saying. And honestly, I didn't get much. No, that is that's fair. Um, we we there was a there was a guy on the tourist boat that kept getting sick, and he kept going up to the front of the boat to vomit off the edge. Mm-hmm. And I'm only noting this because he's actually the first to die because he it's during the, the storm. He goes over up to the front of the boat and like leans over to vomit. And there's a like a splash of water, and he just goes flying into the into the ocean. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. And they can't get back to him, so he just sort of dies. Uh, but... was, uh, honestly, that was probably one of the funniest bits of this movie. Is just after the cyclone hits, you know, like everyone's kind of recovering, they're counting their losses and all that. They cut to the fisherman's little dinghy, and there's a guy that it looks like they're trying to like pull up out of the water, and so. Clearly, you're thinking he's alive, but then they reveal, like, oh, I guess he's dead, because these guys just throw him off. They, like, hold him up a little bit, and they go, uh, <laughs> well, he's dead, and meanwhile, he's still just, like, floating there. And then, I think it's the same vomiting guy, um, it might be a different one, who they show him as he's drowning, and he's got his hands up, you know, the stereotypical drowning pose, he's got his hands up in the air, and he's, like, trying to signal, like, oh, help, help, help. But he keeps his head down the whole time, like under the water. So he's just purposely drowning himself as he is (laughs) dangling here. Like so many actors here just feel like they weren't quite given the right direction on what it is they're supposed to be doing. Or they were given a specifically strange direction on how to do it. Yeah. And honestly, the... The build up to the storm, which is just like the the the, the coast guard, or the police, or whoever, as get a report saying, "Hey, in a few hours, a cyclone is going to hit." Mm-hmm. Which I thought, even in 1978, I'm pretty sure you get a little bit more notice than that. Like when a cyclone or a hurricane's coming yeah. in, you tend to know about it, like with with some notice. Uh, but the you know, like the, the ratchets, oh yeah, just call everything in. And they they try and explain that some of the boats, you know, the stranded boats, don't hear the the, the distress call. 
I think mm -hmm. the plane does. The plane tries to turn back and go back to its uh, departure yeah. point. They sp they specifically say that the uh, airport they're trying to get to is closed, so they got to turn back around. But obviously, they end up having to crash into the water, uh, which mm -hmm. the rich man's not happy about. He's like, "No, why are we turning back? I I paid for this flight. Uh, come on, get me to you, my destination." You don't understand. My workers are going to unionize. <laughs> Christ! Yeah. It's just it's funny that we skipped over all of this because honestly. It's so. I feel like in other disaster movies, even though you don't consider them great character movies, when we're doing like Tower and Inferno, I felt like there was so much to talk about about all the characters introduced and who they are yeah. and what their their jobs were, what their connections to each other were. There's a lot of good character building, even if they're not amazing characters. Compared to this, it's night and day. Let me let me run this hypothetical by you, and you tell me if you think it would have worked better. All right. Okay. We get this opening sequence with this rich guy who is just so against unionization. Unionization. He's just one hundred percent against this idea that his people are able to come together and make a decision against him. Cut to boat. Couple days in, something's happening. They're rationing water. They're doing something. Rich guy puts forward his idea, and then everyone else says, "Like, well, no, we don't want to do that. That's not something we want." And then rich guy gets like really upset about that. He starts going off like, I mean, we're going back to 12 Angry Men, sure, number eight. He's going off. He's just like, oh, how dare you have to say all that. That would allow there to be a link between what we saw before the disaster of saying this is a guy who sees himself as all important and he doesn't like input from others and linking it into the story in a way that makes sense. But that never happens. All he does the entire movie is, is just kind of a little bit callous about, oh, that guy's going to die next because he's clearly sick. It's like, you didn't set that up. That's not a character arc. That's just him being a dick and this the goes, whole time. this goes for all of the characters. None, none of yeah. them have anything that has like a payoff to like what was set up with them before. It's not like there's some character you set up who, oh, they're going to make a sacrifice later. You know, the, the mm -hmm. guy who apparently was all for someone eating him if he dies in a disaster situation. It'd have been nice mm -hmm. to like maybe like get to know him and set that up earlier in the movie so that there was some context for it. So that yeah, because as it is in the movie, when the when the friend says yeah we talked about this and he was okay with being eaten, I'm like, why is this out of nowhere for the audience? There should have been. I mean, I'm not saying we should have known that specific detail, but we should have like known about you two like climbing mountains together and being in tough situations before and yeah. like getting through disasters. We should have. All we see is Mustache Man, as you've called him, uh, caring for his friend while he's sick, while he's like getting worse and worse. There should have been at least one or two scenes where we get a discussion on how they like, you know, were trapped under snow or something yeah, during an avalanche a or like call or something. Yeah, yeah, where they had to have these talks, where they had to sit down and discuss their immortality and what they wanted to happen for the other person. Or better yet, you do one of those conversations before the storm. You have them mm -hmm. just talking, you know, just casually saying, hey, yeah, we've been climbing mountains. Oh, yeah, and we had this avalanche and things were quite hairy, but we got mm -hmm. through it. Just, you know, like a, a little anecdote they can tell people because it sounds impressive. And then the storm happens and then maybe, hell, maybe even have the characters on the boat look to them for advice. Hey, you've been in, you know, disaster situations before. Do you have any ideas or something? Mm -hmm. yeah, like, yeah, we should be using that boat as a boat. Why have we not been doing that? <laughs> it would almost been funny if like the little girl like stood up and said, "Hey, can't we use the boat with the oars to just go home?" <laughs> yeah, 
I'd be I'd be fine with literally any character suggesting it because either right. it would have been funny or it would have made sense. And honestly, either is better than what we got. I'll, I'll put it this way, right? Even even I don't I, like I as of right now, I don't drive, right? I've not learned to mm-hmm. drive. Uh, if I was in a de- desert, right, with someone else who couldn't drive, but we had a car mm-hmm. there, right, and it was basically just a, a flat surface, if not a road, to civilization. Do you think I wouldn't say? Well, screw it. I'll learn it by doing it. I'll, I'll get you know. I know the principles. I'll get it going. Right? It may be a rocky ride, but we're, yeah. If it's this or death, I'm going to drive the damn car home. <laughs> but see, see, the metaphor even falls apart because they—it's a fisherman on the boat. He knows how the boat works. This is more an idea of you know how to drive, but the GPS is broken. <laughs> like that's more of the problem here. They're just like, we don't know where to go. We don't know what to do. So we're just going to chill out here in the desert for a while. I was going to even watch that further. It's not even that. I, like I would know how to drive. It's more that I'm with like a stunt driver like someone who's an expert someone who knows yeah. those cars inside and out but he's like oh no so, we, so we you're out with the cast of fast and furious <laughs> yes out in the desert <laughs> and there's a whole there's there's a there's a chevy just sitting there waiting to be used but because nobody has any idea where the nearest city is we all just sit or that, that's it it's not even that, because that's the thing. One of the fishermen, or they're sailors. They should have some sense of knowledge of where to go. I think mm-hmm. the the better comparison here, it's more like, okay, but we... I guess with the Fast and the Furious cast, like it's like, okay, the nitrous isn't going to work, though, so is there any point in driving the car? <laughs> like, yeah. Well, yeah, the engine will still get us there. <laughs> and then we watch as Jason Statham takes care of the rock, and then we <laughs> cut to, I smell the rock cooking. <laughs> <laughs> oh it's so stupid um it is yeah it's not a good movie honestly i did not think coming out of the swarm that the next one would be easily worse than the swarm but it is easily worse than the swarm the swarm oh yeah well had its dull parts and well it wasn't a good movie there was some funny stuff sprinkled throughout and it did have actual cinematography it had real actors the script mm. wasn't good don't get me wrong it was a bad movie this is worse this is worse in almost every way yeah, no, this, like like I was saying, this strikes me as an extra reels where it is just a low, like, obviously they had some level of a budget. They, they mm. had the ability to, like, go out and shoot things. They had, like, sharks. I don't think all of it was stock footage. I think they did shoot, like, original stuff for most of it. But, yeah, no, there was just, there's something to it where it just feels so poorly made just the whole way through and obviously a lot of that comes down to the characterization where we just don't connect with any of them but honestly even from just basic movie structure it doesn't feel like there's any part of this where it gets to the point it doesn't feel like whatever because like we were saying towards the middle of this that conversation they had about cannibalism could have been great it could have been great in some other movie if they were if the whole point of this movie were trying to get to what are people willing to do when their backs are pushed against the wall and it's life or death. I think that could have been a great focus for this, but it just never decided to get there and it never went a different way either. It was just strangely enough stuck at sea the whole time. Yeah. If it had been a campy movie about them trying not to get eaten by a shark that's following them or something, that could have been something, you know, Mm -hmm. it could have been entertainment there, but as it is, there's not much entertainment either. And the whole thing with the dog just kind of feels like a CD exploitation movie. It feels like, okay, yeah. we're, we're doing this for shock value. 
and you know not much else so Mm-hmm. All right, what are you rating Cyclone? Oh, God. I don't know, man. <laughs> um, I mean, it's not good. Well, I, I gave the Swarm a three. Man, I, I thought for sure that was as low as I was going to get yeah. when it came down to this season. I, I, I told you I think the four was a fairer score for that, not because That's I wanted fair. to defend it, but just because it had the production value, at least it had. It had some comforts of... Just the Hollywood system, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I guess I took it for granted. That's the problem. I'm so used to the Hollywood system that as soon as we dive out to Mexico, I'm just not, I'm not prepared. Um, I mean, I guess if I'm if I'm trying to do it earnestly here, I'd say that this one is probably it's half as good. It's a one point five. Oh, I, I just it's not giving it a two just seems a bit too generous there is stuff in this movie i don't want it to sound like there's like it's just someone filmed whatever and they were just trying to make a quick buck off of it it does feel like there was somebody trying to guide this to be something decent but they just failed at every turn and Mm -hmm. i just i i can't give it anything higher than that Mm -hmm. yeah i am going to go with a similar logic and say half is good so i'm going to go with a two myself uh for this And the reason why I guess a two and why I'm not going all the way down to the one or even the dreaded zero <laughs> is because <laughs> at least, you know, they were shooting in real water. They, they were shooting actual things. They had mm-hmm. what seemed like real footage of sharks occasionally, although I'm sure the uh, the health and safety, like, you know, requirements here were maybe a little bit lax and that was maybe, you know, like... I was going to say, there's a reason they shot in Mexico. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, of that famous scene from Zombie 2 or Zombie Flesh Eaters or Zombie, depending on what region you're in, where mm-hmm. they had a zombie, like an actor as a zombie in, in water with a, a real shark. And they doped the shark up so that in theory it wouldn't you know, do anything. But very dangerous and not something to do in a Hollywood production. I feel like if somebody told me I was in the water with a shark, I'd be less concerned than if somebody told me I was in the water with a shark that's high. <laughs> that seems scarier to me. Oh, it was docile. It was a docile shark. Okay. Uh, but still, still very worried, dangerous. But, right. but yeah. the, the sequence is fantastic, and it's uh, it's Lucio Filcher, so it's it's a lot better to look at than this movie. Mm. But it's, yeah. it sticks out because they used a real goddamn shark. Um, <laughs> so... Just, just for 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 the actual effort, to an extent, with some of this movie, I'll I'll give it the two, but not that much effort. Like, I'm, you know, there's a there's, yeah. there's definitely a ceiling here. It's a two out of ten oh, after all. One thing I did want to bring up, and this is this is not yes. even a discussion point. It's just how funny I thought it was. The uh, airplane crash. Oh, we good? Yeah, you're back. You're back. Cool. Okay, sorry. Um, yeah, the airplane crash. It um. <laughs> As the airplane touches down and it hits the water... Oh, I think I know what you're going to talk about here. Yeah. All of the seats in the airplane, I guess none of them were screwed down or they were held in with like a single pushpin because they all just immediately fly to the front of the airplane as they hit the water, which just seems incredible to me. Yeah, the other thing I was going to say about the plane going down is that... Mm -hmm. It sort of touched the water, and then in the very next shot, it was like three foot off the water again. And I get that maybe they were going for like a skipping on the water kind of thing as it's go- as, as it's landing. But this wasn't mm-hmm. like it was just up a little bit. This felt like it was like no, no, we're 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 now ten seconds previous to where it was. Oh yeah. Uh huh. So it, I guess it was a continuity error more than anything. But it. 
Well, they also kept on cutting back to the exact same shot of what's supposed to be the airplane engine, like zooming in on the camera quickly. Mm. They did that like four times over the course of this one minute long sequence. So obviously they were just kind of pressed to fill the time however they could. It didn't need to be two hours. I'll just, I'll say that to them. First oh, yeah. of all, I wish I saw the 97 minute cut. <laughs> Sounds so much better. So that is, that's Cyclone. Uh, next mm-hmm. week on the show... Nope. Hold on. Oh. Gonna interrupt. Obviously, it makes the collection, right? <laughs> no, it does not. No, of course not. No? Oh. Oh, jeez. I, I think I, I would even go as far as to say it's a cut your losses. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah. It's 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 not quite as, like, terra bad as where I'm pulling out my hair the whole time, but it is bad, so... Yeah. Yeah. I would say, yeah, cut your losses. It's down in that mm-hmm. sort of... It's not the lowest possible award we could give it, but it's close to it. Yep. Yeah. Now, next week, uh, these disaster movies really have been a roller coaster. Oh, speaking of roller coasters, next week, we are going to be looking at a movie called Roller Coaster. <laughs> How long were you sitting on that one? <laughs> about 20 minutes. All right. Good job. Good job. I got bored of the, the talking about the movie, and I was thinking about the outro. <laughs> yeah, I've been sitting here editing our filming schedule for the past like 30 minutes. I'm just <laughs> so done. Um, yeah, so that's, that's next week. Uh, and as I mentioned at the start, if you want to support us over at patreon.com slash TV, uh, there's a bunch of monthly things you get on there exclusively. Uh, two of them are me and David, two other movie mm-hmm. review shows. Uh, the first one is the Criterion Cup, which is uh, Criterion Collection movies being reviewed on a monthly basis. And you can get that at any tier over on Patreon. Uh, $5 tier and up also gets you access to Extra Reels, which is where we review some of the worst movies of all time. And this movie would have been right at home, honestly, oh, on that show. Absolutely. Yep. That said, though, this one wasn't as fun as some of those turn out to be as well. No, definitely not. I made that clear. Uh, this month, for example, we were doing a Neil Breen movie on Extra Reels, and the Criterion Cut was the classic Diabolique, which is one of my favorite movies of all time. So if those sound like interesting yep. discussions, uh, you can get them both over on uh, Patreon. Neil Breen and your favorite movies of all time. And somehow they're not the same. I don't understand that. Yes, you've seen them. You do understand that. <laughs> Honestly, I got that's our second Neil Breen movie we did. I got so many more laughs out of the first one just because I wasn't aware of what I was getting into. Oh sure, it, it was, that it like shocked me. It was your first uh, like you get hit in the face with Breen because you didn't know yeah. what was coming. The second time around, I braced myself, and that yeah. was a mistake. Never brace yourself before you get Breened in the face. <laughs> uh, don't worry. I think I've seen the third one before that we're going to be doing in a few months' time, and mm. uh, it, it definitely. Definitely, he's got a style, okay? He's got a style. Oh, yeah. I got that. I picked up on his style. (laughs) That's the show, everyone. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, Hopefully, we we hit more of a gem next week with the roller coaster. But uh, let us know what you think of Cyclone. If you struggled your way through it yourself, I'm sorry if you did, but... It's not our fault. You chose that. We didn't say to do it. No, no, no. We, We said that you could that the mm-hmm. availability was there for it, but that's on you. But that's the show. Yep. Thank you very much for joining us. We always appreciate it. Like, subscribe, comment, all the usual things. Thank you very much once again for watching and listening. We'll see you next time. Keep watching movies! And if you can get it, it's always nice to have Diplomatic Immunity! Diplomatic Immunity!